Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pat, i got a quick question for you. If you are a whistleblower and you're part of the investigatory team, let's say you're investigating Hunter Biden, right? And you're a member of the IRS investigation into whether or not, I don't know, they were money laundering. Uh, And uh, you, you blow the whistle on a politicalization of the investigation. Um. Is it bad that the DOJ then decides to remove you from said investigation? Just just asking for a friend. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that, okay. that's okay. Bad. Okay. Yeah. Also, uh John Durham or Dunham or whatever, the 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 report on the Russian collusion hoax came out yesterday. We'll briefly comment on it and then it is a truth or fiction tuesday and we're going to put libertarianism under the microscope by the way folks i'm andrew coppins he's pat oni this is critical thinking so like i said pat is it bad That uh, according to the Daily Wire, the Internal Revenue Service agent who alleges the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden has been corrupted by lies and politics is being pulled from the inquiry in a possible act of retaliation, lawyers for the IRS officials say. That bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, these attorneys, uh, these attorneys informed Congress on Monday that their client identified as a criminal supervisory special agent. So somebody who is literally investigating criminal activity vis-a-vis the IRS was told, quote, that he and his entire investigative team are being removed from the ongoing and sensitive investigation of the high-profile controversial subject about which our client sought to make whistleblower disclosures to Congress. This is according to the New York Post, by the way. 
Mark Lytle and Tristan Levitt, the lawyers for the IRS agent, said that their client was, quote, informed the change was at the request of the Department of Justice. They also said that, quote, the move is clearly retaliatory, retaliatory, jeez, if I could speak on this Truth or Fiction Tuesday, and may also constitute obstruction of a congressional inquiry. <sighs> so is this what it looks like when, um, you know, daddy's president and you can use the DOJ and the IRS in your favor? Well, here's the problem with this, Pat. Mm. Okay, just a couple of months ago, I believe it was in March, um, Merrick Garland got up in front of one of the House committees, okay, in sworn testimony in front of them and said he is not involved, has not been involved, doesn't know anything about this IRS investigation, nothing about it, uh, Do, not involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the allegation here is that the Justice Department, right, has put its boot on the throat of this investigation and taken this team off of the investigation. I, look, do I understand that maybe the individual, maybe, maybe the way that this is being investigated might be corrupted by somebody who is whistleblowing, right? Could you make that case <clears throat> that they shouldn't be investigating this anymore because they had been whistleblowing and they have, quote-unquote, skin in the game now. I think you might be able to make that case, but here's the problem. The whistleblower is saying that the FBI and the DOJ are putting their, you know, putting their stamp on the scales of justice, if you will, right? The, right. the whistleblower is saying that you in the Department of Justice have corrupted the investigation, it is not as if he's whistleblowing on some random subject and he hates Hunter Biden, right? That's not what's going on here. He is saying that they're being stonewalled in their investigatory process by the FBI, by the DOJ. Remember, Merrick Garland in the, excuse me, not, uh, not to Congress, it was the Senate Judiciary Committee claiming I pledged not to interfere with that investigation and I have carried through on my pledge. That might have been true as of March, but that's clearly not true anymore. Where else does this come from? There's no way in hell that this investigation of, uh, of Hunter Biden in this situation is not under the purview of Merrick Garland that Merrick Garland is not paying attention to this as the number one, you know, uh, Goomba, if you will, of Joseph Marionette Biden and the Biden crime family. Otherwise, why is he in the position that he's in as attorney general, right? Right. Is that bad? Th that's bad. I mean, here's the thing. I never once believed that Merrick Garland would never get involved with this. Mm -hmm. Never once. Right. One way or the other, by the way, mm -hmm. I, I fully believe that he was always getting notes and information and and attempting to understand where this investigation was going so that he could do what? 
play tip off man. Apparently this to the Biden crime family. Right. Hey, Mm -hmm. by the way, heads up. Right. That's that's what I firmly believe was going on here. Not that this was totally nefarious in in so much as this was more about him being able to be that informant for the Biden crime family. That's firmly what I believe about Merrick Garland in this situation. Um, But but, but here's the thing, though. Mm. Pressed about the IRS whistleblower and his testimony during a recent news conference, Garland said that his statement under oath remains true. Yes, it's still the case. I stand by my testimony and I refer you to the U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware, who is in charge of this case and capable of making any decisions that he feels are appropriate. Okay, that's fine. If that's what you're telling us, that the the person in Delaware, then why are you not firing that person tonight, last night, today? Why is that person still there? He is reporting into you, correct? He is your responsibility as the attorney general, whether you like it or not, whether you run a ship in which they have total autonomy or not. You still, the buck still stops with you for those things. And when it looks like, Political retaliation, when it looks like absolute bullcrap is going on, this is the problem. Now, this is also coming on the back of the uh, Durham report that came out yesterday, right? Which right. showcased to us what most of what we already assumed and most of what we already knew from the 2019 investigator, uh, the IG report, right? There's not a whole lot that's really new. And look, folks, we're going to take our time on this story. But where I came down with this, Pat, and I said it to you yesterday in a in our chats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just simply... I, I just... Oh, this bothers me. I just said this to you, and this is where I'm going to stand on this entire story. Are there indictments or prison terms coming for any of these bastards? No. No. So until then, this is just a piece of paper or a book of paper that I can wipe my ass with. That's what it's worth. Mm, I think it's more likely that you just exchange it for some Charmin. Being the good free market capitalist that I am, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, folks, that's free market uh, free marketism in action. I traded the Durham report for some Charmin, maybe not the Ultra, right, but just regular Charmin, because I don't know if it's worth Charmin Ultra. Well, I mean, Charmin is still better than most, anyway. True, true, true. So, especially if you are talking prison toilet paper. <laughs> uh. I'm sure Hunter Biden knows what, what, what we're talking about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but this is where I'm at with, with John Durham's report. I, I don't care until any action comes from it. What I will say is a quick truth or fiction, Pat, based off mm-hmm. of this report and the 2019 IG report. Uh-huh. Truth or fiction, the FBI should be disbanded. at least in its current form. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't see how we can, and I believe this to be truth as well, because I don't see how you can see this report and not realize 
that this wasn't just a, you know, some mid-level management decision, right? This was at the highest, the mid, and the low level. This was what we know from the report, without going too far down the road, is that three things happened. The FBI was told some information. The FBI gave a tertiary investigation of it, reported up the food chain that this was BS. And they still went full bore. They went, tried to get secret FISA warrants, right, against George Papadopoulos, which, by the way, was rejected, thankfully, because the judge in that case didn't believe the FBI evidence. And then the third and most important part of this is that this is something that went to the highest levels of our government. And what I mean by that is it didn't just stop at Christopher Ray. It didn't just stop at James Comer, right? Or Comey, excuse me, not Comer. James Comey. It didn't just stop at um, Joe Biden. This was briefed and known to be an absolutely retaliatory BS thing all the way up to Barack Obama himself as of July 26 of 2020 or 2016, excuse me, not 2020. He knew about this the entire time. Nobody from Barack Obama down said, yeah, we should probably shouldn't do that. Everybody that had their hands in this knew that this was fake, knew that this was not real knew that just based off of a simple, low-level investigation of whether or not this is something we should pursue was unpursuable because it was absolutely a work of fiction and did nothing but frame this in an attempt to do what? This is, this is literally the exact same thing as Watergate for me in so much as they were attempting to dig up dirt on a political opponent to win an election, right? That's what Watergate was uh, attempting to do, was to get dirt and and dirty and muddy up the waters of of the presidential election. This, this is this, the same thing, only they just made an entire story up out of whole cloth. And then you watched the CIA, the FBI, uh, the Department of Justice. You watched the White House. All levers of power of government attempt to rig an election. All of them. Now, we also know that James Comey did what in the 2016 election? Also, ironically, tipped the scales in a different direction because of that meeting with uh, uh, between, um, you know, the, the, the Hillary Clinton server situation, right? Right. So this is the ironic part, right? And then the FBI, instead of stopping this investigation, instead of it, what did they do? They continued it all throughout the uh, Trump presidency in so much as they were feeding information to Congress, right? And to Adam Schiff and to all these people who literally made up not one, but two impeachment cases because of this hoax. And all of them knew that this information was completely fabricated. 
They should have known it, and if they didn't know it, they weren't looking. This wasn't a real investigation. Again, impeachment is always political, but it is supposed to be based in what, Pat? The law. It is supposed to be based in truth, not just made-up bullshit. And so we all know that. We've all known that for what now? Seven years almost? Yeah. At least six? Almost eight years, actually. Well, yeah, I mean... But this is why we're saying that the, the, the report in of itself is not worth the toilet paper that you wipe your ass with. Yeah, until until Durham's report gives us actual his let's put it this way. If Durham's report said this person, this person and this person violated federal law and they deserve to go to jail. Until this person and this person and this person are exposed as politically corrupt individuals who belong nowhere near government office, cool. Unless Durham's report says the FBI has been corrupted to its core and needs to be disbanded, we literally have an entire organization's hierarchy that dedicated themselves to attempting to cover up an absolutely, totally made-up Russian collusion hoax, the the quote-unquote Russian hooker P-tape, the, you know, talks between them and Russia and blah, 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 blah. All of it was fake. None of it was real. Instead of of saying, hey, we investigated this and we don't find it to be credible, they attempted to trump these things up, pun intended, and nobody's paying a price. Nobody's paying a political price. Nobody's paying a criminal price. Nobody's going to pay a social ostracization. You know, they're not going to be ostracized from polite society. When we talk about the tar and feathering, right in the um, the in the aftermath of the um, Stamp Acts, right, and, and the Intolerable Acts during the Revolutionary Period, right, that wasn't necessarily. Well, it well, I mean, it did give them physical punishment, but it was about what? Ostracizing them, making people understand that these people were not people you should be dealing with, right? Right. Where's that happening here? Instead, Comey and all the other people that, you know, Peter Daszak and, and all these other people that were involved in this entire hoax are still either working for the FBI, getting cushy consultant jobs, this, that, or the other thing. Nope. You should be nowhere near intelligence. You should be nowhere near investigating anything. And that includes being a mall cop, by the way. So until any of that actually happens, none of this shit matters, Pat. That's where I'm at with this. So if you wonder why we're not going like deep dive Thursday on this subject, because it doesn't matter. There's no political will. Are the... Are the Republicans in the House going to do anything? Are they going to tie Joe Biden to this? Right? Are they going to dive into this? Are they going to demand action and retribution for the FBI's absolute dereliction of fidelity, bravery? And what's the other part of their, um, it's fidelity, bravery, and something with the eye. I forget what it is. Right. I have no. I don't know. Oh, integrity. 
<laughs> Fidelity, bravery, and integrity. Until that gets returned. Um, and, and frankly, how did we survive as a society without the FBI all the way up until what, the 1920s or 30s? How do we survive? How? I saw this. This is the only thing I want to take serious on this. If you believe in disbanding as we believe this, this shows us because it is absolutely wholly corrupt. It is absolutely a political tool to whack one side of the aisle. Gretchen Whitmer and that whole case, right? They literally made a plot up with Gretchen Whitmer's knowledge of the plot, by the way. She knew all along this was going to happen. They looped her in. That they were they created an entire plot to kidnap a Democratic governor in a swing state during a presidential election cycle while she was also up for re-election, right? Or did she get re-election in 2022? I forget. Either way. During a presidential election cycle, suddenly they created a a kidnapping plot to do what? Make right-wing people or people who are Team GOP look like total nutjobs that were going to politically assassinate an opponent of theirs? And what, what uh, possible consequence of that uh, quote-unquote kidnapping plot being exposed could have happened. Oh, that's right. That would have been, wait for this, Pat, the the consequence of influencing whom people would vote for in a presidential election cycle in one of the key states of that election. What? They're not above any sort of political chicanery, and it's never that this happens to the Democratic side right? That they're whole cloth making something up um, where they they infiltrate or look like Antifa, right? And they, they bring in the left-wing radical and then, oh, guess what? You attempted to um, kidnap Kay Bailey Hutchinson or Ron DeSantis, right? Or pick a purple state in which there's a, a right-wing or Republican governor, right? Or for instance, Carrie Lake running. Let's let's use that in Arizona in that election, right? There, there was not magically some weird kidnapping plot of the left wing radicals to Carrie Lake. What? It never falls. It always falls in one direction. Now you can make the argument that this organization, by the way, has been corrupt from from the very get go. J. Edgar Hoover, right? is one of the most corrupt individuals in American political history. And he had an iron fist grasp, right? This is the group that attempted to make Martin Luther King Jr. assassinate himself, off himself. They they harassed, harangued, did terrible things to Martin Luther King Jr. And I, just, this is a group, this is an organization that's been corrupt from the very get-go for me. So, Okay, let's get rid of them. Then what? What do we replace it with? Nothing. Nothing. I know that's a really weird concept because you're so used to growing up with this apparatus or that, that um, you know, hierarchy or flowchart or whatever, right? 
guess what? The TSA didn't exist for the vast majority of my life. And we were relatively safe. Pretty much as safe as we've ever been. Because it turns out that 9-11, you couldn't have stopped unless you absolutely knew that these individuals should not have been on the plane because the plane was the fucking weapon. Anyway, point in all of this is to say, until those consequences happen, diving deep into the minutia of the Durham report and who said what and who did what and, and how corrupt was this organization, none of it matters. So to Congress, grow some balls. Put forth criminal charges. And oh, by the way, we also can tie Hillary Clinton directly to this conspiracy. She should be the first person that you charge. Well, Andrew, what's the charge? It's very, very simple. Election interference. You, you literally, you literally made an entire story up about your enemy, your political enemy. That was not even like I'm stretching the truth, right? Literally none of it. Every last word of that Russian collusion story is fake. Every last one of it. Well, and not to mention, <clears throat> it wasn't just like like she made up some story about to make him look bad. It was a made up story to make him look treasonous. Right. Sedition much? All right. With all of that stuff out of the way, folks, I hope you understand why we're not deep diving into the minutia of it. And I would rather focus on consequences, actions, and what should and shouldn't be done in this case. That's what matters here. Until they're willing to do anything else, none of the minutia matters. So you can go elsewhere to get your details if you want. We're going to focus on the high level here. With that being said, Pat, I, th I believe this is a great time for us to play a little bit of uh, the B or not the B if you are ready. Born ready. All right. The headline today, Pat. Anti-capitalist pay-what-you-can coffee shop goes out of business after just one year. Anti-capitalist pay-what-you-can coffee shop goes out of business after just one year. While you are thinking about that, speaking of coffee shops, you should probably go to the coffee shop over at coffeebrandcoffee.com and get yourself some freshly ground or freshly roasted whole bean coffee from our fine friends over there in the great state of Utah, by the way where they care less about your politics and more about creating great products to give to consumers who want to consume coffee without the politics. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. Again, that is coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKING for 5% off your purchase, coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code CRITICALTHINKING. All right, do you need the headline one more time, Pat? Well, yeah, one more time. Anti-capitalist pay-what-you-can coffee shop goes out of business after just one year. Is that the B like, or not the B? See, I feel like we talked about this at one point. I, I don't remember if it was on air or off air, but I, I feel like this was mentioned somewhere. So I'm going to go with not the B. I on don't this one. remember mentioning it anywhere, Pat. Nowhere. 
I, I, I could be wrong. I, maybe I just thought. I, I don't know. All right. But, well, guess what? You are correct. So we've won $100 of central bank digital currency that we don't have access to because uh, some nefarious nebulous tied to Dominic Izzo and, and our ESG score is too low. Great. Well, but the full headline, it, it, by the way, Pat, is anti-capitalist pay what you can coffee shop in Toronto goes out of business after just one year. I figured the, the Toronto part would be the dead giveaway that this is true. <clears throat> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Now, wait for the story, because it's a coffee shop in Toronto called The Anarchist that described itself as an anti-capitalist cafe, shop, and radical community space on stolen land is closing its doors after just one year in business. Just hate to see that, right? Sadly, The Anarchist will close its doors on May 30th. In the Kami Cafe's full announcement on their website, in which they boast of not serving police officers or members of the military, the owner blames, quote, the lack of general wealth seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources for the shop going belly up. The anarchist, the anarchist, the anarchist used a pay when, when pay what you can pricing strategy for coffee because, you know, communism or something. And I guess it didn't work out too well. Now, I wouldn't say communism. I would just say that's anarchism, right? Right. That's, that's literally anarcho-capitalism, actually, at work. I mean, except for it doesn't necessarily work. Anyway, the full statement from the owner is truly something to behold. Are you ready, Pat? Oh, boy. It's been an amazing experience connecting with so many great community members, sparking desperately needed debate, raising the blood pressure of conservatives. That includes you, anarcho-capitalist and libertarians, quote-unquote. Fulfilling the dream of most service workers by not having to tolerate the presence of professional class traders, pigs in the military, and experimenting with living and working in ways that do not enthusiastic embrace, enthusiastically embrace the pure misanthropy of capitalism. Unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth slash seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable longer term. The Anarchist has been a huge success in every way I hoped and has given me so much inspiration and education that I plan to put to use in future projects. Keep an eye on the Instagram page to see what I end up doing next. F the rich, F the police, F the state, F the colonial death camp we call Canada. Solidarity. Gabriel, a.k.a. The Anarchist. Does he hear himself? No, no, he does not. I mean, because first of all, everybody that he refuses to serve um, still have jobs at the end of the day. And um, he failed. His business failed. And yet he's calling it a success. Dude, well, you, you see, are Pat, unemployed. He doesn't believe in your capitalist bourgeoisie um, definition of success or failure. Dude, you're unemployed. How are you paying your bills? F the police, Again. F the state, F capitalism, and the colonial death camp called Canada. Well, yeah, that that. By the way, that's ironic. But <laughs> oh Lord Almighty! The, the level of stupid here is strong with this one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought you would particularly enjoy this. Uh, this story because this guy does not understand that uh, the anarchist 
This is literally anarcho-capitalism. Literally. If this was communism, you just would have given the shit away. Or you would have traded their labor, right? You would have put them to work for their cup of coffee. Or you would have said, here's your cup, brew your own coffee. (laughs) Pay what you can. People are just going to be like, oh, you pay what you can. Okay, here's a penny. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, with that being said, Pat, I think it is time for us to get into a little bit of truth or fiction. This is going to be a little bit different, though, by the way, than what we normally do, because we're going to deal with um, a couple of, or well, four myths that um, a certain individual put out on Twitter about, um, about libertarianism. And we're going to figure out if they actually are myths or if they're truth. So truth or fiction based off of myths. Are you ready for this, Pat? Go for it. All right. So myth numero uno. Libertarians believe individuals exist in isolation, acting without influence on each other. This is untrue. No established libertarian theorist or writer supports this idea. Is this truth or fiction to you, Pat, that libertarians believe individuals exist in isolation, acting without influencing each other? Um, I, I, I'm going to say it's fiction with, with the way that you're asking this, because I, I do believe that libertarians believe that, that you can influence each other. I mean, that, that's the whole point of, I mean, how does, an, how does a free market economic system work? How do you not influence each other at that point? Mm. Um, politically trying to promote individual liberty that's still in having some influence now are we talking like isolationism in terms of like foreign policy that that might be one thing are are we talking about isolation in terms of hey you know i have my rights you have your rights you know as long as we aren't harming each other then that's fine yeah i can make that argument but at the same time like like that it's not absolute. There is no absolute isolationism within libertarianism. Yeah, I agree with you because what is, if I were to basically define libertarianism, I mean, that is a loaded question, but I would say this. It is about individual thought, values, actions, and choices without coercive interference, meaning by force, by violence. Right. Right. You're not going to hold a gun to my head and make me do something that that is antithetical. So everybody has their individual autonomy, if you will, their ability to think what they want, the values that they have, the actions that they want to take, as long as those things are not what also Harmful. harmful to others. And it's why I believe that the the more libertine viewpoint on hard drugs, especially inside some of the libertarian circles out there is absolutely asinine to, to think that there's no harmful action by consuming heroin or fentanyl or, you know, um, huffing or whatever, that there's no harmful action to others that happens because of this. The idea that there are no linked actions, right? that your action to consume heroin and then your want to steal money are not linked together and thus 
has has no harm on other people is insane. But I agree that individuals do not exist in isolation, and that is an absolute myth that most people believe that um, that that libertarians believe in just pure individualism, and that is not true for me. That's not true at I all. Mean, case in point, the show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. So I think we've kind of hit that on the head. The second uh, part here, Pat, number two on this one, libertarians are hedonists seeking alternative lifestyles. Is, is that an actual myth or is that true about libertarians? Uh, so hedonists being like pleasure seekers? Right. Seeking alternative yeah. life. They all, Libertarians exist because they are seeking out alternative lifestyles and the framework of libertarianism gives them the, the okay to do this. So the way I'm going to interpret this might be different than, than how you might interpret this. Um, So I'm, I'm going to say ultimately that that's fiction. Are there, individual libertarians out there that that where this could be true sure but as a whole i'm going to say it's fiction um and and the reason why is because most libertarians that i know are have a very um shall we say uh, moral centric worldview whether that's religious or not you know some some of them are religious some of them aren't but but there's a there's there's a, a level of morality within their worldview with the way they view politics, with the way they view economics, things like that. Um, could it be considered an alternative lifestyle? Yeah, I think in certain certain circumstances it could be, but in this case, I, I don't I don't necessarily believe it's just a alternative thing i think it's more of a it, it there is a there is a because like when we talk on the show we talk a lot about you know a, a biblical worldview a morality worldview a lot of, a lot of this kind of, kind of stuff so no i i think that that's kind of ultimately fiction at the end of the day now did i interpret this the right way maybe not i think you almost so, hit the nail completely on the head actually pat I absolutely believe that this is true in so much as that's what people believe libertarians are right. are about, but it's absolutely a, a total myth. And mm. it's because of one simple fact. What is libertarianism? It is a political, a legal, and an economic theory. Right. That's what it is. It speaks nothing of a complete, it speaks to morality, but it doesn't speak to a total moral code, right? There are, right, exactly. So what it really represents is, is kind of a breakdown of this. What is the proper role of violence or force in a society and government's role in enforcing that? That's really kind of the, the nuts and bolts of the political theory of libertarianism. Now, I've said this a thousand times. There is a difference between libertine and libertarian. Libertine is different than libertarian. Most libertarians are not libertine. 
most have some religious or moral code that they live by. The libertine doesn't, right? The libertine would suggest whatever, whenever, wherever, whatever you or I want to do, as long as that does not harm you directly or me directly. Now, I also will say this. Libertarian is not a lifestyle guide, right? Being a libertarian is not a guide to, you know, this or that. But equally, Team GOP or the Democratic Party or the Green Party or whatever party, they're political parties. They are not a lifestyle guide. Now, here's a great example of this, Pat, right? Joseph Marionette Biden, the president of the United States, right? He says he is Catholic, right? But politically, he supports what? Abortion. Abortion. Right? Most Catholics see abortion not as a political issue, but as a moral issue. It is why most Catholics are vehemently pro-life. Because the moral teachings of the, ter- of the church, all life has value. Right? Joe Biden right. looks at this through a different lens. Why? Because of his politics, not because of his moral code or lack thereof, as the Biden crime family um, continues to unravel. But I'm using that as a great example, I think. Right? Biden says he's Catholic, but he doesn't subscribe to most of the moral code of Catholicism. Instead, he uh, ascribes himself to the political code of the Democratic Party. And he does so for expedience, mostly, I believe, right? The expedience mm. of the power that he gains. But that's a great example of this. There are certain moral or certain ethical principles that certain parties will have, right? Mm. But it's not a totality. It is political, economic, and legal theory. That's what libertarianism is at its heart. All right. Um, anything else you want to add to that? I mean, I, I, again, I kind of come back to to this show. And if, if you guys have listened to the show long enough, you know that Andrew's the more libertarian on this show than I am. Um, I have libertarian leanings, but I'm not, I'm not all out libertarian. And I think if you listen to the show long enough, you can kind of see – at least with with Andrew, that that his his he has a worldview that that is yes he's libertarian, but that's that's to his politics, to his beliefs in economics, things like that. But when it comes to his his moral code, it's totally different. I mean, it's it's there there might be things that that his libertarianism are rooted in from his moral code, but that's not libertarianism does not dictate the moral code that he follows. Correct. Correct. That makes sense. So, yeah. All right. So let's move on to myth number three here. Myth number three is libertarians don't believe in moral principles and only focus on cost benefit analysis based on the assumption that man is always rational. Is that actually a myth or is it truth? Well, I think we kind of answered this in the last one a little bit, at least, is that that is absolute crap. Um, Again, I've not met a libertarian that didn't have some kind of moral code that didn't believe in some kind of morality. Now, mm-hmm. are there libertarians out there that are like that? I'm sure there are, but as a whole, 
no way, man. There, this is yeah. a when it, when it comes to individual liberty, a lot of a lot of what we talk about, and we talked about this with arriving liberty too. Mm-hmm. You can see the moral code that lies within that. It, it's it's in fact it's established. Liberty, individual liberty is established with some kind of moral code in it. Now, yeah. Whether that's my definition or your definition or whoever's that that might slightly differ Mm -hmm. on certain issues, but there is morality rooted in it. You can't when we talk about liberty, we we often I've 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 talked about freedom plus principles Mm -hmm. plus morality equals liberty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't have real liberty without those things together if you have just freedom then you have just what anarchy yeah that is a you know you as we talked about anarcho-capitalism right that's a right. economic theory within some libertarian circles but not the vast majority of them the vast majority of them believe in and just the free market and those two things are different but uh, i will say this i i believe that this is both a myth and and true. There are some people in the libertarian um, circle who subscribe to the the idea, right, that there are no real moral moral principles, and that cost benefit analysis is what should drive rational decision making. And and I would I would suggest that you look up the Chicago School of Economics. Okay, um, it's you know kind of like the the Austrian School of Economics, right? There, right, there, yeah. there are people who subscribe to this, but, but the majority, the vast majority, like we're talking like maybe 5%, the other, I would suggest probably 75, 80%. And then there's a 15% that are, are narco capitalists who might subscribe to some of this, but not all of it, but the majority do not specifically, like I said, the Chicago school of economic theory reality is this that most libertarians will tell you they believe in nature's law, right? They believe in the rights to person, to property, blah, 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 all of those things. Where do they actually come from? That is a universal human, I would suggest a biblical ethic to government, to economics, right? They're rooted in, for me, God's laws. Right, like the universal truths: thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, thou right. shall not. All of these things, right? That again, you are enforcing by force violence, wrong on somebody else when you commit murder, when you steal, when you you know commit adultery, when you do all these other things. So when I take a look at this, I absolutely believe this is fifty-fifty. There is a group, a small group, that does believe this, but. The vast majority do not believe in a strict, just a cost-benefit analysis as if that that is the only thing that is at work. No, I absolutely do not subscribe to that. Um, and let's go on to myth numero cuatro, I believe, right? Uno, dos, tres, yes, cuatro. One, one number four. Ay, ay, ay. I got a bone up on my Spanish, although I speak more German than anything else. <clears throat> just because of my German ancestry. But anyway, uh, myth number four, as we are taking a look at this, is libertarianism is atheistic and materialistic and neglects the spiritual side of life. 
Is that a myth or is that true? See, again, most libertarians I know, and this is just most libertarian, and this, this would include Andrew but in this, by the way, uh, most libertarians have some form of religion in their life, whether that's LDS, Mormon, or Catholic, or what have you. They, they have some sort of spirituality, religion in their life. Um, so I, I, I would say that that's, that's fiction, but is, is that as a whole, is that true? I, I can't speak to as a whole per se, but from what I know, that, that's absolute crap. Like, like most people have that in their life. Yeah. Especially um, if you're rooted in liberty. Yeah, I, I absolutely believe that's true. I don't know how you can believe in individual rights to person, property, you know, yada, 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 right? I don't know how you can believe in that and not understand that where this comes from. Right. The idea and the concept of personal property, where does that come from? And, and I wrote some notes down on this one. It's as simple as this. To this is, a, this is a myth, by the way. This absolutely is a myth about libertarianism. I got a question for you. Do libertarians believe in natural law? Yes, all mm-hmm. of them do. Literally, there's not a school of libertarian thought that doesn't believe in natural law because you, at its core, have to believe in the right of individual person and property. And then you can go on from there. Where does it come from? Where does that belief come from? It comes from natural law. Where does natural law come from? God's law. As we further down the pipeline, I, again, is it just something that's inherent in individuals? No. This is not a thing that you're just born with, right? How do we know that? Because for the vast majority of human history, we have done what and see, and and seeked out what. If you even look at the Bible, right? What did what did the people of Israel after they were given the promised land, right? After they got over the Jordan and after they began to, you know, um, win out over all the enemies in the area, right? They would defeat them, subjugate them, right? What did they, see, what did they seek out? Somebody to rule over them. They didn't seek out their own individual you know, life and, and leave me alone and let me worship God by myself, right? No, they, they, they demanded of God a king. Even when God told them, I am your king, right? They suck out, they, they seeked out an earthly king. And of course, the story of the Old Testament as you get into, to, you know, the, the books of Samuel and all that, right? The the story is of that earthly king always being corrupted by earthly pursuits and hedonism and power and all of those things. As a punishment, this is God's punishment for Israel not seeking out their true king. So he gives them the earthly king they deserve, time and time from Saul to David, and on and on and on. And it turns out the only earthly king 
that they end up getting that they end up going to is Jesus Christ, who happens to not just be an earthly king, but part of the 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 Holy Trinity, right? He is literally God on earth. He is the embodiment of God on earth. And that's the only time that they actually begin to worship God, except for we also know that they end up doing what? Killing God's mm-hmm. earthly king. Because the Israelites, because the Jewish people have always had that, that corrupted, and got, by the way, that goes for the, the Catholic Church, is all of humanity. We are all corrupted. We are all sinners. And we talk about this all the time. But that natural law, it comes from somewhere. And if you don't realize that, I, I, I like, I've had this conversation over and over again with people who are, quote-unquote, anti-libertarian, who think that it's about hedonism and materialism and wanting to hoard your own. No. No, it's not. Oftentimes, it's about volunteerism. Um, it's about, you know, living out that ethical and moral code, living out a life of service to others and doing so based off of the natural laws and an ethical and moral code. And I've had this discussion on Good Morning Liberty in the past, you know, when we talked about reviving liberty and the number one thing is root yourself in God. How the hell can you be a libertarian and root yourself in God? Well, it's literally God's laws and natural law, right? God's laws are nature's law. That's the reality. St. Thomas Aquinas all the way through the, you know, Thomas Paine's and the, the, you know, American revolutionary period, which is very different than the French revolutionary period, by the way, folks, that, that was not rooted in God. That was not rooted in natural law. That was rooted Uh, in just pure power. I was going to say, if if there was a revolution that was very hedonistic in nature, it was the French revolution. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, two very different things happening at almost the same time. But that notwithstanding, the, the point of the matter is this. I, I just simply ask them to break down where do you think libertarians get their political, their economic, and their social value from? Where where are the roots of libertarian thought? They all exist in natural law, all of them. So whether you choose to believe in God or not, you are recognizing, uh, if you say you are libertarian, you recognize natural law. And for us who believe in God, that natural law is because God has given it to us. This is not something that's inherent in every single individual. Again, I point these things out because we've always suck out or seeked out people to rule over us, people to give us, you know, to use power to rule over us. It is why the American Republic experiment and why the Roman Republic experiment were different. It is antithetical to the, the vast, 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 vast majority of how people set themselves up, right? Tribal chiefs, um, feudalism, the lords and nobles and you know monarchical societies this system is antithetical to most human history that we know of anywhere in the world by the way 
I would suggest the inherent, the thing that we seek out the most is for somebody to give us guidance and rule. Is that not what we seek out from God and from the teachings of Jesus Christ is guidance and him ruling our lives based off of our moral code and ethical code given to us by the teachings of Jesus Christ and by God? And that we seek out the worthiness of God in our lives? That we must be worthy of God in our lives? But that's an individual pursuit, right? That is not a societal pursuit. We can say that we use that individual pursuit to what? Influence others in a social compact. But I want you to understand that this has nothing to do with atheism. No, it's not an atheistic viewpoint. It's not necessarily materialistic. Um, Materialism and free market are antithetical to each other too, by the way. Literally, the free market says, I want to be able to exchange a good for a service or a service for a good or money for a good or whatever, right? It is all about individual exchange, individual value, individual wealth, individual. It's not about materialism. And and a great example of this, uh, by the way, actually comes from um, the individual who put this out, and it's uh, Prax Ben at Prax Ben on Twitter. And he points this out. The charge of materialism directed against the free market ignores the fact that every human action involves the transformation of material objects. Great example of this, right? Even all the way down to, let's say, Native American culture, right? Fur trading. Um, you know, well, corn for this or that, right? But it involves a transformation of material objects by the use of human energy and in accordance with the ideas and purposes held by the actors. There's no real rift between the spiritual and the material, and any despotism over the material will cripple the spiritual as well. And we talk about that all the time. That is a fight within Catholicism, and I'm sure that's the same thing in the Mormon church, is that that the materialistic is not the pursuit. It is the spiritual, the fulfillment of spiritual wealth that matters, not your material wealth. Now, I would argue that both of our churches, especially what has come out lately, have fallen in that pursuit. I would argue that, um, that they've failed in that pursuit. You know, there's, um, was it the 60 Minutes report that came out on Sunday about uh, the hoarding uh, within the the Mormon church? I don't know if you saw that report or not. Yeah, I saw it. Again, that that would be antithetical to a spiritual teaching. But that's a representation of human frailty and failure. As God has designed us, we have always been, from the very get-go, we have failed to listen to God. We, but our pursuit in a spiritual, over-materialistic lifestyle is, is a more perfect union with God. I, I just, this one bothers me, that it's all about materialism. No, it's not. No. It is about the freedom to choose to live a life that is antithetical to materialism or to be a materialistic, by the way. 
I would suggest that that is a wholly unethical, wholly unscripture-based lifestyle, and I wouldn't want that. That doesn't mean that you can't pursue earthly things, but you can't pursue them over the pursuit of that relationship with God. That's how I look at it. What, what say you on this for a couple of minutes here, Pat? Well, I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you on all of this. Um, you know, I, I've, I've not met a libertarian that, again, doesn't have some kind of foundation in God um, that doesn't have so, some sort of um, moral code. Um, to, to call them materialistic, I think, is completely off base. I mean, are there, are there, like I said, are there individual one-offs out there? Sure, sure. I, I, I think, I think a lot of these could be true for small groups, small individuals, things like that. Sure, but as a whole, no, no. Um, and and I could say that you know, having worked with Andrew for as long as I have, I have other libertarian friends. This is part of the reason why I have libertarian leanings too, is because I've. I've been able to to listen um, to a lot of, of thoughtful debate um, when it comes to to all, uh, different political and economic issues, and I can see where a lot of this comes from. And and being a student of history, and I like to consider myself a I'm not a history wizard or anything like that per se, but I am a student of it. And as I've studied American history, and as I've studied the political philosophies of liberty and freedom this is what makes the most sense and and that that's where where a lot of my leanings come from is is just learning about these things um over time because there there was once upon a time i was very gop very gop uh-huh. and and the the funny part is a lot of a lot of what libertarians will say when it comes to um, politics is that almost every liber- um, libertarian started a- in some form or another with the GOP and as they become more and more disenfranchised with it because of the lack of action or the stupidity in, in some of the politics and the decisions that they're making you know they they, they naturally gravitate more towards libertarianism because they are looking for liberty. They are looking for freedom. They are looking for these things. Um, and, and so uh, I, I, I think what, uh, what prax Ben put out on Twitter was ultimately pretty solid um, and, and, and fairly accurate um, in, in his commentary and, and all of this. And then it just, and what, what what's disturbing is like if you look at people that are antithetical to libertarianism have the the least amount of understanding about libertarianism um and and right because they, they've been, they, they they've will been try sold. to make you out to be the things in those myths right and i think it's largely because they've been sold that collectivist idea that uh, team right. gop that and and, and They've been sold that individual life, liberty, pursuit of happiness shan't be a thing. Mm-hmm. It's got to be that this is done as a collective. I, I just, no. you know, I struggle also with some of the libertarians who believe that that individual pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness means that you cannot have 
it cannot put your moral code on somebody else, right? That that you have to accept somebody else's lifestyle just because, just because they choose to live a different individual pursuit. No, no, duh, no, no. I don't have to accept in my life anybody who wants to harm themselves or harm others or you know i don't have to be around somebody who wants to consume hard drugs right i don't know i have to put myself around that i don't have to sit there and say good for you no i don't because again the idea that you're not supposed to influence is asinine it is antithetical to libertarian realities and with that pat your final thoughts on today's show don't get lost remember who you are and no means no. Please be I'm smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you wipe your ass with the Durham report today and you eat all of your meals. As always, Matthew, 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.